Today's episode is brought to you by Jason Stapleton, author of the new book, Nomadic Wealth. Nomadic Wealth is an exciting new book about the philosophy and practical steps necessary for anyone to achieve true freedom in their lives. If you're looking for a way to generate predictable and sustainable income from anywhere on earth, then you need to go to nomadicwealth.com to reserve your free copy of his book today. That's right, a special offer for all of my listeners. Jason is going to give you a free copy of his new book when you go to nomadicwealth.com today. That is N-O-M-A-D-I-C wealth.com. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to the Prospecting Show. Today is July 8th, 2020. We are still in the post-COVID era here. We got John Donovan on the call. How are you? Wonderful, sir, and yourself? Very good, thank you. So everybody who listens to the show, they know there's three parts. We've kind of modified the podcast over the last uh, three or four months. The past, the present, and the future is kind of what we're focusing on, but we also want to learn about you, what you do, and how you serve the world. So to start off, tell us a little bit about your backstory. Where did you come from, and how did you get to today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, John Donovan, I'm born and bred in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, my background was in engineering, and I basically went into a career where I didn't I didn't really appreciate what I had or, or really didn't like it. So what I did was what any entrepreneurial minded person would do is quit my engineering job, bought a rental property and started my own business with zero capital, right? Um, so <laughs> any, the ultimate bootstrap, right? That's the that's the the original hustle, right? It's like, hey, wake up one day and just come up with an idea and, and and not really to cut you off there but a lot of people have heard my story exact same kind of thing right one day i left our clinic i was a chiropractor practicing in pittsburgh i left the clinic overnight decided i'm done drove to the border switched my immigration status came back into the country um a, a, as a diehard entrepreneur and honestly that one second change with zero capital is the scariest thing in your life but once you're here you're here so anyways continue with your story you you, you basically bought the house no capital just kind of doing your own thing and then what yeah yeah i mean and you know i, I started a company that was like a a cardless rewards program for high traffic businesses you know coffee shops pizza shops everything along those lines a childhood friend of mine and i started it um, I bought a couple properties and, and really was just living that entrepreneurial dream. Did that for about four years. Um, and you know, the bootstrap mentality, a lot of entrepreneurs who would be listening to this know that not all ventures end up where you want them to go. Right. So, so sure. four years, uh, couldn't, couldn't turn the profit that we needed to. And, uh, and so we eventually closed the doors and dissolved, um, when I was looking for a new position, I'm right now I'm working for a company called Prime Pay. We do payroll in HR. And the the lessons that I learned as an entrepreneur going through that as far as understanding business structures, understanding the technologies, understanding data and the need for data um, have really helped me drive to where I am now. And now, you know, sales is all I focus on now. I think as an entrepreneur, knowing the sales game puts you at such an advantage um, that I'm really grateful for where it's taken me. So, so that's where I'm at right now. So, so let's talk a little bit about the sales experience, right? Cause most entrepreneurs, there's only two types, right? There's the people who are the developers and the ops guys, right? They have a great idea. They're a technology partner or whatever they are. And they're really good at their thing that they built. 
Then there's the other guys who are really good at sales, right? Those are kind of the two verticals. Obviously, every entrepreneur has to be good at their product or service and sales, but you know, some people recognize like, hey, I'm a great, you know, computer programmer, but I can't sell anything, right? So there's always this this partnership that ends up happening between different different people. You know, in the sales world, what do you think is like the most important thing um, for people to realize as an entrepreneur or somebody who's in a sales role like you right now, right? You're you're pounding out the phone, I'm sure you're talking to lots of different people and and sales is not an easy thing. So what give us some, you know, background there. I mean that's that's a really tough question, right? I mean, you can answer that so many different ways. I think part of it is knowing yourself. And you only know that through the process of trial and error. Uh, process and failure, um, understanding what your strengths are, how you work, how you work better with teams. Um, and, and that's really just something that comes with time and a lot of hard work. I think if, if I could go back to your question, you know, I think the most important thing is time and an effort, right? So whether you are an entrepreneur or a salesperson, you're running against the clock all the time. And so number one, it's it's working as hard as you can for as long as you can, but more importantly, it's being able to prioritize block scheduling and really say no to things that are taking up time that aren't really gonna get you where you need to go. And that's critical, that step, right? Because a lot of people, I, I have this issue all the time in our business where it's like, we have the podcast, we have sales development calls, we got business development calls, we have operational calls, we have internal calls. And it's like, listen, if if I'm the primary revenue generator in the company, right, um, I need to be focused on things that are revenue generating, right? So it can't be ops, right? And so we basically developed a system here where, you know, I spend a little bit of time in ops, but my, my primary goal is to, to meet people at a high level, do the podcast, do, you know, sales, you know, diagnose things in people's businesses and kind of drive that side of it forward. Um, what what has been your experience being the entrepreneur? Have you had to juggle the ops and operations and, and the sales side of the business or were you always just sales, sales, sales all day? We were all over the place. I mean, I was doing the development work for the rewards card program. So, um, so doing the coding, a lot of the reports reporting, um, I taught my, well, I didn't teach myself how to code. I had an awesome mentor who, who walked me through it, but I mean, doing the, all the analytics from all the card users and, and developing graphs for that, um, to show what kind of repeat customers they had, um, what their demographic was as far as age, gender, you know, that, that, that whole thing, what kind of products were going out. And so I was on the development side of that, but also was trying to connect with businesses to get them signed up for the program as well. Right. Right. And, you know, you, you can, you can be coding well into the night or for three or four days straight and you can make a lot of progress, but if you don't get new people in the door buying your product, um, the, the development isn't worthwhile. Right. Right. And I think they say, you know, an idea without money is just a hobby, right? I mean, that's that's really yep. what it comes down to, right? You 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 don't. It's not a business at that point. That's a a good idea. That's a hobby that that people like and kind of do. But you have to have that revenue come in the funnel and and drive through there to be able to push development forward, push push operations, growth, sales, marketing, whatever it is. So where was the bottleneck? That like where do you see most bottlenecks now that you're in the sales process with your day to day job? Where do you see most people get locked up in sales? Well, let me take a step back there because if I if I could go back to myself and give myself advice, I would always prioritize the sales over the development work. 
um, because number one, the sales are going to drive the revenue that brings in product for more development, right? But more importantly, what I what I think I realized is if you're developing all the time, you're not getting as much feedback from the customers and actually creating a product that that is tailored to what they need, right? And 100%. Also, the important thing is blocking the time to make sure that your golden hours are dedicated to connecting with people as much as possible. And then when you're not on those golden hours, those times where you can connect with people to make sales, that's when you get the rest of the stuff done, the non-revenue generating type of things. I think that's what a lot of young um, or inexperienced entrepreneurs or salespeople um, do. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's true. You're a you're a hundred percent right about that. And um, two different principles, right? Pareto principle, eighty twenty rule. Right. Pareto, I guess if you if you pronounce it properly. Um, and then also Parkinson's law, which is like a sister or brother to to Pareto principle. A lot of people don't know about. And Parkinson's law states that the amount of time you have to do a task is the amount of time you will take to do it. Right. So if I give you four hours to make sales calls, guess what? You're going to take four hours to do it. I give you one hour to make the same number of sales calls guess what you're still gonna do it you will it's just the way it is you'll 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 drag things out and you'll expand your efforts to the amount of time that you're given to do a task and the best way i can explain this to people if you're on if you're a solopreneur or self-employed or anything and you pay quarterly taxes i guarantee you on the 14th which is in six days from now everybody's gonna start getting their tax paperwork together to file on the 15th right it's 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 always that last minute but it's going to be done in one one day, right? It's not going to take weeks. You're going to wait till last minute and then you're going to execute on that and you're going to get that done and it's going to be done really efficiently. So yes, is there more stress involved with that kind of approach leaving it to last minute? Yes, but ultra efficient, right? Same thing with, with, your, with your work. If you give yourself from eight to 10 every morning to make a hundred sales calls, guess what's going to happen? You're going to make a hundred sales calls, right? You're going to force yourself to get there over and over again, but you have to be dedicated. So on that topic, with what you're doing right now, what are you finding that people are responding best to now that everybody's working from home and people are not in the office? Are you finding it's phone, LinkedIn, email, text, calling them directly, you know, and, and leaving voicemails? What, where are you seeing traction right now? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a change up, you know, for the past four months, I manage an outside sales team. So we have a bunch of reps who typically are able to go knock on doors, shake hands, introduce themselves, go to networking events, um, present in front of people and that was literally stripped away in, in a couple of days and all of a sudden we had to hop on the phones um, and I think I think the phones and follow-up on the phones are the most tried and true but I also think that you had I, I call it like the one two three punch where you're not just you're not just calling because think about it right now from anyone who owns a business is this slightly stressful going through this time period? Sure. And, and do you have any other people calling on you because no one can come into your front door and everyone's, every salesperson is struggling to, to, to differentiate. Themselves. So getting calls in, being able to collect pertinent data without talking to the decision maker the first time and being able to connect with them on LinkedIn, uh, shoot them a follow-up email. Um, because if, if you don't do that, you're going to get lost in the weeds very quickly. So I, for, I, for sure. And you have to have the system too, right? You have to have the process in place to be able to know, not like, oh, we're going to knock on this door. We might send an email or we might send a LinkedIn message. We might connect with them. We might find someone 
you know, downstream of them in the company. You have to have like, you know, we're doing this procedure, these 10 steps for every person, and we're going to repeat it over and over and over again because success leaves clues. And at the end of the day, if you have a procedure, an SOP, right, standard operating procedures that everybody's doing, it will be replicatable and systematized so you get the results you're looking for, right? So it's interesting you bring that up though, because I think yeah, Syntax, which is one of the companies we own, we specialize in B2B development and prospecting, right? And our system, what we put together is LinkedIn outreach, connect with those people, message those people, follow up on LinkedIn, take them off LinkedIn, go to email, go to text and go to voicemail. And we do that for every single prospect. And so we have a system in place where it's, we're doing those steps no matter what happens. I mean, the only reason we wouldn't do them is we don't have an email or don't have a phone number. And so to your point, you know, what's the process that you guys um, have found successful now? Are you finding that omni-channel approach where you're going to multiple platforms better? Or are you finding just like pure volume is the number, is the game right now? It's a, it's a combination of both. I hate to give you like a non-answer, but you know, what, what you guys are doing that's right is, is you're hitting them from different angles, but it's not just hitting them once and then going down a list, right? Volume is good, but it's not, it's not the, the width of what you have. It's the depth. You know what I'm sure. saying? Sure. It's, it's a combination of that. But if, if you are calling a thousand different people one time, we all, we all know the statistics. I'm, I'm, I don't know if your listeners know, but I mean, 80% of sales are made after the fifth contact. Yeah. Right. It's we, crazy. We, you've heard that before. So what you have to do is you have to utilize LinkedIn, text messages, emails to get all that pertinent information. So you can just consistently get the depth you need in that contact point until you get that decision maker you deliver the value proposition, you ask for the meeting. Yeah, and in the meeting, I think this is the critical step. If you're, there's two parts to business, to, to the sales process, right? There's prospecting, there's really three, prospecting, sales, and closing, right? Those are kind of like the three peers. And the prospecting part, which is really what we're talking about, how do you get the meeting, right? People think like, oh, I got the meeting, but you still, have, that's the start of it. You still have to actually do the sales and then if you do that, right, you still have to close, right? And so I think it comes down to, can you steamroll through the front end of the process to get the appointment? And then can you slow down and take it a methodical, that that jab, jab, hook kind of, you know, stay in there, stay tight and make sure you don't lose the deal, right? It's high speed, high velocity, um, high output up front. But then when you get the five or six people that are interested, it's like, let's slow it down and let's hit them with a few different spots because that's where we're gonna actually get the, get the deal done. So from your experience, cause you're, you know, you have these outside guys on your team. Um, what's like the piece of advice that you give them to, to be successful? What is the common kind of themes you're seeing for the guys who really kill it? Set a daily goal and hit it no matter what. And what do those look like for you guys? Like what was a goal on, outbound activity is it based on like how do you what, what give me an example of a goal well each each person is different right because each people have different goals and you can't you can't coach every single person the same way uh, one of my guys you know you, you want to be able to set two meetings in the morning right so you back calculate how many calls you have to make to do so um, another one of my guys wants to focus on his ratio of calls to, to meeting set Right. So, for example, you could call 100 people and, only, and get one one meeting, 
But if you get more efficient on the on the phone and change a couple of variables, you get down to 40 calls per meeting. Now all of a sudden you have a little bit more of a machine and we, we have more detailed discussions on, all right, what are those variables that we can change? Is it the list that we're calling? Is it the value proposition that we're delivering to that list, right? Is it the people we're calling what time we are? Um, there, there's there's a lot of different things that you can concentrate on once you hit once you identify that goal for the day. Yeah, and and that's you know I think an important part to talk about. A lot of people, I think Grant Cardone says this right. He says before you can be good, you have to be frequent, right? And that's totally true. It, it, you can't be a wizard at you know moving through the sales process if you've done two calls, right? You got to do. 10,000 calls, 100,000 calls where you're sitting there and say, okay, we do this, we do this, do we, okay, that works. Let's do that again and again. And you have thousands and thousands of times. So you get the data, like you say, to be able to pick out, we're good here, we're terrible here. This part could use a little improvement. So let's focus on what we're bad at, flip that around. And now all of a sudden you got a smooth machine going forward. What about, you know, for you guys, what, what do you see that cog being for most people? Is it, is it in the prospecting area? Is it in closing? Is it in actually setting appointments? Where do you find most people struggle? It's prospecting, setting appointments, right? I mean, think about it. How many people would love to get a prospect brought to them? They understand the product and they can walk through, they can talk about features, benefits, offer a price and that's it. But actually going out there, creating something cold or nurturing that relationship to generate the net news is absolutely the most uh, challenging piece for, for my team and um, a lot of other salespeople out there. And I think people think about it just too short term. They think about it about one call. Gosh, I did a hundred calls and they're gonna lead to nothing. No, every single call that you make, you are creating a connection and you wanna create a web off of every single call. Like you said, with the LinkedIn, uh, connections. Who else do they know? And eventually, as you go do those 10,000 activities, as you said, the web starts to connect and you start to get well known, you start to generate um, opportunities, relationships. And that's how that's how it really goes. And I think if you have, I'm, I'm sure you see this and every entrepreneur, entrepreneurs like me are like this, where you start to succeed about it. Uh, uh, you start to succeed at something and you're like, all right, what's the next thing? Right. Yeah. But I would challenge anyone to, at least in the sales realm, if you start to get good at that, pause and say, should I change and do something else? Or should I double down on what I'm doing and right. become? And people like to jump too, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing is they're like, oh, let's do this or oh, let's do that. Or they see success with somebody else and think that's the thing that they need to be to get the deal done, right? So you're right. You, when you get something that's working, replicate it, replicate it, replicate it, and, and be um, humble and be focused to be able to say, okay, I got this little piece working, let's build the gears, right? Let's put the machine together over and over again so that we can actually scale it, not, oh, we got to the 50 yard line, let's go run the other way, <laughs> or let's go run it, you know, let's go somewhere else. Where you're right there, just replicate and replicate and replicate. And also, um, I think you have to have empathy with the customer to know what's working, right? To have that 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 actual connection with them. But you also have to have a understanding, like a high level mentality of what you're doing, right? You got to be able to kind of step out of your body, look down on yourself and say, these are the things that I'm doing that are working. And a lot of people don't know why things work or don't work, right? They just go, oh, it's working, but I have no idea why, right? I, I don't know what's, what, what's working. It's just something's working, right? And if you can't step away, and go back towards it, 
that's dangerous, right? Because you are not going to have an opportunity to actually scale that skill. So, you okay. know, when you're training, what, what do you recommend people to do once they find that one thing? Yeah. Yeah. So going back to what you just said, a way to be able to step outside of yourself, because that is so incredibly important. You can sprint all day long and realize at the end of the day, you're going the absolute wrong direction, right? So having a mentor, having a good coach, having someone to guide you is really important. Number one, number two, having scheduled reviews to slow yourself the heck down and self-evaluate are incredibly important. Weekly reviews to go. So what we do and has been very effective is we do quarterly reviews, monthly reviews and weekly reviews, but they all, they have different topics, right? Sure. Look at the progress from quarter to quarter. And then each month we actually have goals, you know, person, personal goals that we want to attain. Then each week it's just broken down into those sub goals of what we need to adjust. What did we hit? What did we not hit as far as activity, call volume, um, meeting set and everything along those lines. And so taking the time to pause and really understand what, what we're doing, what's working, what's not, what we need to adjust on a weekly basis helps make those incremental shifts. So the boat's always not, all, not ever too far off course per se. Right, right. You get those, those slight corrections, right? Those 10 degree uh, connections, not the, Hey, we got to turn the ship totally around because you're going the wrong direction. Right. And those course corrections, like you said, if you can do those day to day, week to week, month to month, as opposed to just every quarter, or every year, it's going to be a lot more effective. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like uh, swinging a golf club. If you just hit crappy shots all year and then next year go, Oh, let's start looking at how, what I'm doing wrong. You had a whole year of the wrong skill or that you learned incorrectly. Same thing with sales, right? Like you have to finesse it after each, each call and go, Hmm, you know, what, what went wrong there? You know, what, what piece it could we improve? Right. And ultimately that's the piece that I think you have to do that course correction on. So for, for you guys, you know, break down, um, I, I like to keep the podcast fairly short, but break down what you're doing right now with the products and services that you guys sell directly so that the audience can understand that and then give us like a website or an email or phone number or something so that people can reach out to to both you and to people on your team if that makes sense for them. Yeah, without a doubt. So I mean, what we're doing is we're selling payroll services, technology to uh, small to medium sized businesses, um, nonprofits, restaurants, obviously restaurants are, are hurting very much right now as far as this COVID thing is going, um, but we do a lot of construction companies as well, time clock, uh, digital onboarding, all sorts of paperless products for these uh, for the companies. Um, yeah, you can always reach me at 216-210-4467. Uh, uh, my email is jdonovan at primepay.com and our website is primepay.com. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me. And you know, the, the main thing about this is I'd, I'd love to look at this podcast as a way to broadcast to potential sales candidates. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, if you looking at people and listening to the content that you have, you bring a lot of great content to the, uh, to the table. And if anyone's listening really resonates with that with stuff, I think that they would be interested in, in something that we do as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, you guys are serving the audience that's needed most to your point, right? Small and medium businesses in the United States are 
are a huge part of it. I know they're from a capital standpoint or a market cap standpoint, they're, you know, the top 500 companies own probably the bottom, you know, 90%. But in terms of volume and people that are employed, self-employed, small business, under 25 employee companies, there's a ton of them. Yes, a lot of them are hurting right now, but at the end of the day, things like payroll and technology and core services that are basically built into their business that they can work on with you are huge because at the end of the day, uh, people will either hire a full-time person to do some of these skills and have a big expense there that's not performance-based, right? Because they're just, you're trading time for dollars, or you can go and outsource a portion of those skills where for a fraction of the cost of having a full-time person, you can get the, the deal done right. So you can get the actual skills, the payroll work that you guys are doing done properly, but then you actually never have to worry about it because it's just input output. It's like the revolving door, right? It happens every single day without failure. So if you're interested, um, check them out. Uh, really appreciate your time, uh, John. And this was super, it's nice to have, you know, somebody who's in sales on the podcast. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that are, they're not sure about the sales process, but you having the, the entrepreneurial focus, the sales experience, and then the management experience on top of it makes for, for a killer episode. So hopefully this was good energy for everybody. Really appreciate your time. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, sir.